Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Jim Florentine, and you're listening to Mike Sappho Podcast. And one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I did the podcast today is I want a PBA card. The fucking iconic Jim Florentine. What's going on, bro? That's funny, because... Um, I heard the one you did with Jackie a few weeks ago, and you said that about him, too. I did. I call everybody the iconic, and <laughs> yeah, I say no, I humbled and honored. <laughs> <laughs> I just mess around. No, thanks for having me. Absolutely, yeah. I got to tell you, when I heard about you, I'm the biggest Opie and Anthony fan of all time, like overly fanatic. Like, I used to be the asshole who used to run around and put, like, the wow stickers on random cars, yeah. like, just to promote the show. And Jim Norton was on the show in, like, 2000. And he was like, oh, my roommate, Jim Florentine. And I never knew you never came on the show. You're more of, like, a stern guy. Yeah. And it was that corny radio war. Yeah. How do you link up with Jim Norton? Well, we, you know, I started doing comedy in like central New Jersey and um, I was on an open mic and this guy told me, this comedian I want to bring down, he wants to do comedy. He came to a couple of my shows. I was doing some local shows and um, I said, yeah, come on down, do open mics. So we started basically doing open mics together. I started a couple of months before him. We became friends and, you know, we just drive in the city all the time. And then we moved to North Jersey because we need to be in you know, New York to try to get in these clubs. So we were roommates probably about four years, I, something I, like that, yeah. But then he got on Opie and Anthony, and I got on Howard Stern basically at the same time, and they were both, the, both shows were feuding. So we're like, all right, you got to pick one or the other. So he's like, yeah, I'm good here. I'm like, well, I'm good over here. And then we just kind of did it like that. And we just were like, look, man, we just, we, I'm not getting involved in that drama. I don't know what's going on. I just want to fucking sell some tickets. I got a good home here. He's got a good home there. So it was all good. Now, was it weird at home? Like a little lover's quarrel with you and Jim? Because the, the shows at that point were both huge. And they actually hated each other at that point. Was it yeah, weird? Yeah, but, I, you know, they never trashed me because they knew me and Jim were friends. Mm-hmm. I went on there a couple times before I, I started going on the Stern show. So they kind of knew me a little. And then Jim got the gig, basically. And then uh, I went on Howard Stern one time. He took a liking to me. So they didn't say, hey, don't go on that other show. I just said, hey, man, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm good here. I'm not going to do it. We would just be like, hey, man, uh, you know, we try to stay out of it, basically. You're just trying to sell fucking tickets. You yeah, don't give exactly. a shit. If- yeah, we're just we're on two of the biggest radio shows in the country. We're like, holy shit, this is amazing. So uh, it, didn't, it didn't affect our relationship at all. Because we're comics, and we know, like, one club likes Jim but doesn't like me, so I'm not going to be mad that he's doing it. We understand. It's fucking business, so... I love, I love hearing the in and outs of the comedy world. Like you said, Jackie Martin came on, Liz Melee. It's like a fucked up world, the whole comedy world. You all know each other. You deal with crazy people. It's like a, a weird world you guys are in. Yeah, you know, and if Jackie would have never left the Stern show at the time, I, I'm sure I would have never gotten on there because they never had unknown comics come in mm-hmm. and sit on the show. They always had big stars, Kinnison, Dice, you know, you know, uh, uh, Galtweight, all those guys. So when Jackie left, they started having, like, unknown guys come in and just sit in for the whole show. Dave Chappelle... Artie Lang, you know, uh, Doug Stanhope, Craig Gass, me, Jim, uh, Greg Fitzsimmons, Adam Carolla. So, you know, I was just ha- happy to be in that mix. I actually don't know the answer to this. How did you get on the Stern Show? Do you, like, do you send audition tapes? Because I remember when Jackie left, it, like you said, it was no other comics. It was Jackie. Jackie leaves the show, and then it was a rotating chair. Like, what, do you submit? You submitted tapes like, I'm a comedian? Yeah, well, I, I had a, a prank call CD out. That I um I gave to Gary, me was and my buddy Dodge. Yeah, the telemarketer <laughs> stuff. And Gary's like, all right, if it's funny, we'll, he'll how we'll play it tomorrow. I'm like, he's not gonna fucking play this. You know, Gary's just gonna throw it in the yeah. fucking trash bin as soon as I leave his office. 
And the next morning, he started playing. He's like, holy shit, who is this guy? We got to get him on here. This is hilarious. And then, like, two months later, my manager just kept pitching me. He's like, Why don't you, if Howard likes Jim so much, he was playing a bunch of my calls. He goes, have him come in, sit in a day. And after the first day, he's like, dude, I love what you do on the air. It's perfect. So, you know, I became a regular on there, which was amazing, just from a prank call CD. And I've heard different people on, like, different message boards and shit. Like, you're on Howard Stern one time. The next month, you're showing, you're selling out anywhere in the country, wherever he has a show. You're oh yeah, the fuck oh out. yeah, because he was on in every market. So I remember doing the, the uh, Funny Bone in Pittsburgh, where I would be like the feature act. So I'd get a hundred dollars a show, all right, five shows, five hundred bucks for the week, and I was doing it every six months. That was the rotation. I was never the headliner there, and then um, I was going to sit on the Stern show for two days. And my manager said, called them and goes, "Look, let Jim headline. He's going to plug the funny." A funny bone in Pittsburgh for two straight days. Howard Stern, he was number one in Pittsburgh, uh-huh. and let him headline and give him fifteen hundred dollars for the weekend. And if he sells out every show, give him five hundred extra if he sells out a show. And the okay. guy's like, "I'm up giving him that." Blah, blah. He goes, "All right, fine." I wa- I sold out every show, so I walked out of there with like, like thirty five hundred dollars or four grand. I never made more than like five hundred in a week. And next thing I know, I got four grand in my pocket. I'm like, this is insane, dude. The king of all media. It's not even normal how yeah. he does. And you know, Opie and Anthony were about you know when they when they started going to other markets too. Mm-hmm. When they were in Philly, and then they would go to Boston and stuff. So that that was the same hit that Jim got too. Now Stern, good dude off the air, because I great dude. Is he awesome? Now I got to ask you one personal thing: the Robin thing. You really dated her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know you guys. I don't think it was a bit. Because I remember I I watched it on YouTube when I knew you were coming on. I, I right. YouTube you. And you're like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you, Rob. Like you said it, but she knew you were a creep and a savage, and she still went out with you. And stuff. Yeah, I know for some reason. I, you know, she said she always attracted to Steve O when he would come on yeah. the show, and it's like, and everyone's like Steve O. So I'm like, all right. And then when I just said, yeah, I'm single, and we just were busting balls. She goes, all right, fine, I'll go on a date with you. And it just happened like that. Like it wasn't planned. Like I'm going to ask her out on the air. <laughs> I would have never done that, but it just came up because Howard's like, hey, Jim, Jim's single, Robin, you're single. What do you think? And then it was just. And then finally, after like 45 minutes of a beatdown, she goes, all right, fine, I'll go on a date with him. I'll tell you, are you still single right now? Yeah. I'm not asking you out or anything. So I listen to your podcast, and I have a question about it. You perform in front of people. So you go up their reaction, and you get the laughs. You're sitting wherever you're doing your podcast. Right in my kitchen. Yeah, without an audience. Do you ever like tell a joke and like look to yourself? Because like a comedian, you, want, you go off people's laughter. So you're telling jokes, people are cracking the fuck up. Right. Now you're in your kitchen saying something that you think is funny. Are you ever like, fuck, do people think it's funny? Is it weird doing it that way? It is a little weird, but I like doing it. I'm lazy, so I can't, <laughs> you know, book a guest each week. I'm like, fine, I'll just do it myself. If I'm on the road, I'll do it in my hotel room. I got my little recorder, and I just rant into it. And I'm like, all right, that's good. That's a podcast. I just listened. To, I can show it to you. Walking here today, I live like five blocks away. I listened to the dating site one. Right. And dude, it's so true. I met my girlfriend like... Well, we just got together like a year and a half ago. We met like three years ago. So I did like four years of online dating. Right. Dude, it's fucking hell. And you nailed it to the point where when the girls have demands. Right. It's like, you better do this, this, and this. I remember every girl. I love football Sundays. It's like, you don't. Because I go to the bar on Sunday and you like dressing up with your jersey, rolling it up, showing your belly. You don't know one. That would be my biggest. That pet peeves. And I'm a foodie. (laughs) You said, no, you're not. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You're not. I know. It's all, you know. It, it's so ridiculous because they don't like football. And then the guys do the same thing, too. They're like, you know, I, I like, you know, going uh, hiking and, and no, you, art you gallery. Know no, they don't do any of that shit because I always say, like, there's no – a bunch of dudes never went fucking hiking on their own. Hiking only came around when, when <laughs> they met some chick that was hot, that was out of a league. He goes, you know, she goes, hey, what, you want to go hiking? He's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> Sounds fun. He never had hiking boots. He didn't know any of that shit. He didn't want to do it. 
but you know, whenever you meet a girl, she introduces like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. So it's a big thing out in L.A., especially because they got the fucking mountains yeah, and they all like you know. But um, no, it's it is just so much material there. It's almost worth it to stay single. Yeah, well, you nailed it when you like whenever you want to break up with your girl, go to a fucking dating site. This is what's out there. Yeah, and I remember I was with my girl for like three months. We broke up. I'm like, this is great. I'm on Tinder, Bumble, OkCupid, and then they would write to you like. Tell me the five coolest things and hitting you with the same shit you said. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, is he swiping the same? Because it was hell. Yeah, and right. Yeah, I you. know. Yeah, they give you like a pop quiz. Yeah, they, they test you like, oh yeah, what are you into? When you said favorite meal, that just resonated with me. Like, because I travel a lot, I'm right? Like Seventy countries I've been to. Your favorite country? Why? What? And they actually like, and then they critique it like, hey, you rode an elephant in Thailand. I'm like, yeah, how dope was that? Right. Well, did and then they get mad at you. Do you know how was the elephant treated? How was this? I'm like, yes. Me riding the elephant in Chiang Mai is really affecting this guy's fucking life. Oh. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I know they they need to. Why don't we just meet for coffee or a drink and then we'll fucking discuss this shit instead of through you know going back and forth. Eighty messages and I'm like, hey, let me get your phone number. It's a little too soon. I'm yeah. like, what is the purpose of these eighty messages back and forth? I know. It's like, can we just go meet? We'll meet at a neutral spot. We'll fucking have coffee if you're worried about having a drink and you might think I might put something in your drink. Yeah. <laughs> Because I showed up in a, wearing a Bill Cosby shirt. Okay. <laughs> so, no problem. But let's just fucking meet for... And then we'll just hash the shit out. Because, first of all, no one looks like their picture. Nobody. So, usually, I always say you got to go down two notches. If a girl looks like an eight in her picture, she's a six. Because <laughs> it's the best picture she's ever taken in her life. And the same with the guy. Like, they pick the best picture ever. And that's their pro- first profile picture. Go to the third picture. That's what they really look like. And you know what? The big girls, they know how to angle. They're oh, the yeah. Queen of ang- I'm looking the angling. I'm like, oh, my, this girl's... Be- oh. And then the disappointment when I I was like a rookie online dater. Right. And every girl, I'm like, oh my God, she's hot. Like, dude, she has two pictures. Chill with the two pictures. You need the girl with the six pictures, the link to the Instagram. You need all that stuff to see if the girl's real or not. Oh, yeah, because they know how to. Exactly. I made that rookie mistake early on. (laughs) You know, me, like, oh, this girl's hot. I'm like, and then I show up and she's like, Jim? I'm like, uh, (laughs) no. And then I would just leave. You know, I'm like, holy shit. Talking about rookie moves, when I first did it, I'm like, Miles, psh, 25, I don't give a shit, I'll drive anywhere. And then after you're on for a week or two weeks, it goes down to like one mile, you oh, want yeah. to travel. <laughs> it's the laziest yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm not going 32 miles, I'm like, fuck that, I'm not driving. That's 64, are you going to give me gas money? <laughs> then I'm not showing up. Because then you go there, you kind of have a drink with them, you don't want to start drinking and driving, you're there, yeah. it's, oh, I know. I know, you need one around the corner and it's going to be closed. And because, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not driving 20 miles to have a, I have another one, have another one. And then she, like, oh, my sleeping over? Don't presume anything. You see, I'm not that kind of girl. I'm not looking just for a hookup. That was the one I used to hate. Oh, yeah. They're always, yeah. I'm not here for a hookup. No yeah, one, okay. yeah, I know. Yeah, they go, yeah. <laughs> on Tinder, that's what they say. I'm there for, yeah, go, then go on ChristianMingle.com <laughs> if you're not here for a hookup. You nailed it with no guys. I'm telling you, I'm 35 years old. I never once said to my boy, bro, you want to go for a hike? Ever. Nobody. No. Nobody. That's a, a kayaking, another no. one. You know, they do that. And a group of girls are never saying, hey, let's go to the bar to eat wings. No, they... Right. Do you a bunch of do you think a bunch of girls are going on Sunday to get a good table, getting there at twelve forty five before the game starts? Newspapers circling yeah. the spreads. Yeah, and to make sure they get in front of a good TV because they want to watch the Raider Jet game. Uh, I don't think so. And I used to hate the most when they would come in like, oh, wearing a jersey. It's like the new Cowboys rolled up, so their belly's showing. Like, dude, you're yeah. not a fan wearing that. I have like an old LT Mark Bavaro jersey that's yeah. ripped on the side. Don't, exactly. Don't yeah. bring your new jersey of the hottest guy. Oh. I, that's, I hated that online dating. That's the only reason I'm staying with my girlfriend now. <laughs> no, I know. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. Um, it's maddening. It really is. But they are. They're always two notches below. So if she's a seven, she's a five. <laughs> That's fucking great. Just know that. There's one girl I met that was hotter than her pictures. I was going crazy. I'm like, you're the first girl ever. You are hotter than your fucking profile picture. 
I go, let me take one and put it up, put that up because you, you're the only one ever. She's probably a brand new online dater. That's what happens. You have to get them when they first. I never do this. It's my first date. Go, that's when you need to capture them. A million guys and message them every five yeah, seconds. Yeah. It's crazy how they can just have any guy they want. On but there. you always have to play a negative. Like, how's this working out for you? This online dating, like, terrible. You always you can't go, oh, amazing. Ne- honestly, I've had three chicks, chicks in the last two weeks. <laughs> that's what I said, I'm Mike. hoping to add you to fourth. I'm on a roll. So what do you say? So you just go terrible. I mean, just a bunch of weirdos. Because you know they're going to say that, too. Of course. So you just bond over that. And you know what else I do? <laughs> Real quick on that. Uh, I travel a lot. So, like, two years ago... I had Tinder, and you can do Tinder International, so you can pay like the $5. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to Amsterdam. Three days earlier, I'd start swiping in Amsterdam. What are you looking for? I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm just looking for someone to show me some museums here. I'm coming my friend. He's not really cultured. Dude, right. I use that on every one, every country I was going to. I'm like, yeah, I'm heading to um, Japan. And I'm like, I'm like, listen, not looking to hook up. Just look for a girl. Show me around. My buddy's not into the museums. I am. Right. Dude, and everybody's like, oh, okay. meanwhile, they know. Come on. Yeah, meanwhile, you're going to meet him at the bar. You're like, you know what? The, you know, the museum can wait. Let's just have a couple <laughs> drinks. After two margaritas, she's not going to a fucking a museum. Now, you do your podcast once a week? Yeah, once a week. Yeah. You love doing it? Yeah, it's great. Just ranting, right? Yeah, just ranting. You know, you get a nice following. People come out to my comedy show, so it's perfect. Do you have more, not more, but like people who recognize you now more for your podcast? Like, hey, I heard your podcast, so I came to your show? Uh, yeah, I got a lot. for Yeah, during the course over a weekend, mm-hmm. they'll come. I'll just plug the dates because they know, like, hey, we're getting podcasts for free. We'll at least support him if he's coming to town. We'll come to the comedy show. We'll buy a ticket and then maybe some merchandise afterwards. So it works out. It's like having your own morning show. You know, nationwide. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, when I go to St. Louis, I'll have people come out. When I, whatever town I'm in. I was in Edmonton a couple uh, a couple months ago, and a ton of people came out just for my podcast. So it's great. Now, we talked earlier about Opie and Anthony and Howard Stern, and more Opie and Anthony. With, like, comics would come on to plug their gig at Caroline's or this one. With podcasts, you don't really do that anymore, right? Do you really? Are you going to Denver and going on, like, local, like, morning radio shows? Sometimes. There's not that much. Uh, Which is probably a relief because I remember everyone I spoke to hated it. They hated doing that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you'd have to do like four or five in the morning, then go back to the uh, hotel like noon and then go back out at like three o'clock to do two more, get back to the hotel at six and you had two shows that night. So it's just it's just exhausting. You know, you want to be sharp when you get up there. It's, it's about cut in half. There's still morning radio out mm-hmm. there you have to do. Um, but it, it, the podcast pretty much, you know, you could just go, well, podcasts are serious, you know, going on. You know, J- Opie and, yeah. you know, now Opie's not there anymore, but Jim and, like, I'm doing Jim and Sam's show tomorrow morning. Okay. I got to plug some gigs. So, um, that still works. Your podcast, just a little bit of everything. And then your social media, post it on Twitter or on Facebook and a lot of the bullshit. When you started the whole comic, comic thing, you said you, you started with Norton. Did you start with Voss too? Well, he was, like, older. Because I remember when you guys would, well, more Norton and Voss, like, you, Norton, and Voss would hang out and stuff? Yeah, well, Voss, yeah, Voss was older. We we met Voss, like, in the city, and he took a liking to us because we were two New Jersey scumbags, and okay. he was from Jersey. <laughs> And he's like, I'll take you guys to open for me. And Voss would take me because I had long hair at the time. Okay. So this was like early 90s when I first started. So like long hair was still in. So I looked like fucking, you know, David Coverdale from Whitesnake. <laughs> so chicks would want to bang me after the show just because I had long hair. Nothing else. <laughs> Not, my act was terrible. I would bomb. Voss would go up there and kill for an hour. I would do 10 minutes and bomb. And I'd have like five <laughs> chicks hanging on me after the show. And he's like, he'd come up and he's like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, hi, hey, hey. And they turn their back on me. It's like, I remember Voss goes, did you see his set? <laughs> They didn't even care. They were just like, so Voss like, oh, good. This guy can maybe get some pussy near me, so I'm going to bring him on the road. So he'd bring me and Norton out, and, you know, we'd open for him and stuff. So we got a, a lot of work just from that because he, he, he was already doing comedy probably like seven, eight years before us. Okay. So he had all connections, and he would just say, hey, look, I'm bringing this guy. Just pay him 50 bucks or whatever it is. 
So we were happy to take the gigs. And you, you guys were having the time of your life. Now, were you appreciating it, appreciating how fun that was back oh, then? Oh, yeah. Did you? It was, yeah, it was like you were in college. You just get to town. We go to town early. We go to the strip club. Mm-hmm. We try to get the dancers to come out to the comedy show. Like, hey, we're in town. Why don't you come out? You know, a couple might. You, you tell 10, two might show up. You know what I mean? It, it was great. Now, was it you? I think you? I think you told the story. I forgot which radio show. Was it you and Reverend Bob Levy that you would go to the hotel and remove the chairs? What was that? The gig you oh got? yeah, we take all the um, <laughs> yeah we take all the chairs out of the room because if you got a girl back there, they would go sit on the chair across the, the room. The and office you'd, chair, yeah. Yeah, and you'd yeah. be in the bed. You'd be stand, sitting on the bed, and they're way over there. You're like fuck, how am I going to get her to the bed? So we just take all the shit out of the room. We fucking we put it in the MC's room down the down the hall. As soon as we checked in, we're like, we have three rooms at the MC. We're like, just fucking, we're moving shit. I remember these people thought we worked there. This guy's like, hey, something's wrong with the toilet. I'm like, why are you telling me? He goes, you don't work here? Because I was moving furniture in the fucking hallway. I go, no. I go, no, I don't work here. He's like, oh, okay. I thought you did. I'm just a creepy guy. I'm bringing, you know, this But is it was, game. it was a tough, because you want to eliminate that step. You know, because a girl wants it. She eventually, um, you know, she wants to do it. She's back in your hotel mm-hmm. room. She wants to fuck, but she's like, uh, maybe I'm going to sit over here first. She wants to then. class it up a little bit, and then yeah. it's awkward. Like, hey, sit next to me. Yeah, it's come on of- over here. You know, and so it's, that's kind of a creepy move. So if there's no chairs, or I just put my suitcase on the chair. Yeah, because they're I not going to come in. They're not picking. It yeah, up. they're not going to like. Can you take this stuff off the chair? They're like, all right, that's all taken. I guess I have to sit here. But, so I'd always pile shit on top of the chair. You know too. what? Until I heard that, it's so true. You go back. You. You, you know, you, you walk in, you're in the elevator, like, holy shit, a girl's coming back to my hotel room. And they run right to that fucking office chair. It's like... Yeah, they always go there. You sit on the bed and it's like, want a beer? It's like, it's so awkward. You're far away. Yeah. On an angle. No one's watching the TV. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, you could come over here if you want. Uh, uh, I don't know. And then she's yeah. on the phone. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's I know. So awkward. So, no. Dude, that's funny shit. I ne- and the other one I want to... I always want to ask you, in Norton's book, is that a true story that when he was jerking off in the back of your car? Oh, Yeah. What, what's the whole thing? Well, well so, so Bob Levy took us uh, <laughs> on this gig. He was another guy who was doing comedy like five or six years, so he had all these connections. So he, he liked me and Norton, too, so he'd bring us up to open. Now, he was, this was Norton's first road gig ever. It was in Connecticut, like Hartford, Connecticut. It was like three hours away. So Norton was all excited. He, he, was, he hosted the show. Then I went on, then Levy went on. And after the show, we were hanging out, and there were some girls hanging out. We had a couple of beers with them and stuff. And uh, Norton, and the girl wasn't even that good looking. She was maybe like a four on a scale of one to ten. And you know, we just we, we talked for like forty five minutes. We had a long ride back, so Norton got her phone number. So and on the way home, I just got this new. I rented this new fucking car. It was like three three weeks old, and I drove because Levy was a drunk. So we'd always drive him around, which is perfect because his wife's like, "Look, we don't want Bob behind a wheel, so you guys open for him." Like, okay, no problem. So we're driving home, and Norton's like, oh, my God, that girl was so hot. I can't wait to go home and jerk off. And he's going on and on in my back seat, and we're down this dark road at fucking Route 84 up in Connecticut. I'm like, yeah, whatever. He's just going on and on. And then we're just driving, and Levy's in the front seat, and Norton's in the back. And then all of a sudden, I hear this noise. There was some quiet, and I hear this noise. And I turn the interior light on. Norton is jerking off in my back seat. I go, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, I can't wait. I can't wait till I get home. I'm just going to do it. I'm like, dude, I just got this car. He's like, yeah. He goes, don't worry. I got, and he had like an extra T-shirt. He's like, I got a T-shirt. I'm just going to do it in a T-shirt. It's not going to get anywhere. It's not going to be messy. I'm like, you got to stop. He's like, I can't. And he's jerking off as I'm, as I'm talking to him. He's not stopping. So I'm like, dude, I'm going to pull over. Seriously, fucking put your dick back in your pants. And then he did, and he was mad at me like the rest of the trip. Like the last hour and a 15 <laughs> you ruined minutes. You high, basically. Yeah, yeah, he just was, there was silence in the car. Like, it's my fault. <laughs> I always remember that Obi and Anthony bit with, uh, when you guys did the cribs at your house. In that little, sh- was that, that, yeah. was, that was the place you were talking about in Newark? In- no, we're in North Jersey, in Cliffside Park, <laughs> New Jersey. Yeah, right outside New York City, yeah. 
All right, let's get it off the Jim Norton jerking off subject. And this is the truth. 2010, I did fantasy football, and I have to ask you, because your little rant, it actually went viral. Your, I hate fantasy football. 2010, I was doing it for like four years, and I actually wasn't enjoying it. Right. I hated the whole, I'm a Giants fan. I hate the fact of rooting for Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk. I'm like, I don't want to root for them. I want to watch a Giant game. And you nailed it when you said people at the, at the bar with the fucking computer open. All right, all right. I got 2.7 points. Dude, your Opie and Anthony rant about fantasy football was spot on. I haven't done it for seven years. The best fucking thing I've ever done in my life. No, because I always be in a sports bar on the road a lot when I'm on a Sunday when I'm doing gigs, or I just go to a sports bar. Yeah. I don't do it as much anymore. But and there'd be guys in there like you know, I'll be watching the. I'm a Dolphin fan, so I'll be watching the Dolphin Charger game right here, TV right there, and the, the Chargers score, and he's like, some guy come over, who just scored? I'm like, why? You're a Charger fan? He goes, no, I got, I got, uh, the, you know, Kellen Antonio Winslow Gates, yeah. or whatever. My fucking Antonio Gates on my fantasy football team. I'm like, he goes, what? What was it? Him? Who? Who? What number was that? I'm like, I'm not telling you. I go, the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? So I just, I always hated that. It's like it brought a nerd element into the sports bar, and, and it brought a, a fakeness to it that I hate. Like I'm a, when I mean diehard, I'm a diehard sports fan. Yankees, Kentucky basketball. The Giants, when they lose, my day's ruined. Right, yeah. So I can't watch the Giants-Patriots game. I don't want – if I, if I quote-unquote, have Brady on my team, I don't want to see him score four touchdowns and we win 35-28. No. No, you I don't. want to fucking blow him. I want him to get hurt. And if I you want, have to pick up one of the Cowboys during oh, the week, let's say let, – and then you have to root for him, fuck that. And you go, I want him to do really good, but I want him to lose. Like, you compromise everything. It's fake. And these idiots who are in two and three leagues, they're rooting for – I got out of it seven years ago, and I the thing I hate the most is – you want to hear my team? <clears throat> no, I don't give a fuck no. about your team ever. I don't care who your favorite team is in football. I don't want to hear about your fantasy football it's team. It's just silly. It's just a whole draft. You know, they all go, you know, go in the back room of an Applebee's and wear their fucking paint banning jerseys. Like it's a big thing and they bring their laptops. You know, like it's a fuck. you know, oh, this is a, we're having the fantasy football draft tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I told you last week, Jackie Martin comes here to do the show and we're on the fourth floor. And during the show, everyone's looking over. You know, Jackie's a recognizable face and they're doing a draft. And they're like, Jackie, you want to do a pick? And he's like, no, I'm, no, I don't want to do a pick. He's like, what the fuck are they doing over there? I'm like, fantasy football. He's like, no, I'm not having other men pick men, putting it on a board, and right. rooting for the whole year. But they yeah. come there with their books out like they're real GMs, circling their sleepers yeah. like they know, right? I know. They got a commissioner of the league, and then they get a trophy at the end of the year, and then the guy who has the worst record gets an, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He has to run in the middle of the street in his underwear to be really wacky yeah. and crazy. Yeah, ooh, that's crazy. I, I set my team. All right. <laughs> you're, uh, you're, what do you call it? Yeah, I picked up so-and-so on the waiver. You're a, uh, you're NFL preview show was fucking spot on. Oh, thank I like doing it every year. You know what I mean? I usually can. I, I usually can. I, you know, I knew Goodell was a piece of shit mm-hmm. 12 years ago. I've been calling that guy a piece of shit for a long time before. I was like, what's wrong with him? Why, why, do, you, why do you hate him? I mean, you don't see him. And then it slowly started coming out. What a piece of garbage oh, he, he is. And how much money he's making every year. Yeah. He's, he's garbage. I love when you were doing, you're doing your picks. Like, all right, then these teams have no fucking chance. And you just listen to teams. Yeah, I just run right through it's them. It's true, though, because it's like. ESPN, 30, you know, 32 teams. One reason why your team can win. Listen, they're not going to win. The Jets aren't going to win. The, the, you know, the Dolphins aren't going to win. No. win. There's through like 24 teams, you got no shot. There's eight teams that might have a shot because they have a quarterback. And, the, well, and there's like four or five upper echelon teams. Then you get the five to eight. Right. Like, okay, they're good enough. And then you're right, 24, shit. And that's it. You got no shot with fucking Taylor, a quarterback no. with the Bills, the fucking McCown with the Jets. 
You know what I mean? So you got no shot. You have a shitty, shitty quarterback, quarter. you have no chance. You're done. That's the bottom line. Yeah. The Texans always got a good defense, got no quarterback. They're going yeah, nowhere. Their defense is going to show. No, they're not. They're not going to show anybody this year. I know they're not. The Jaguars are not doing anything, even though they're up on the, you know, up and coming. They got Fournette. Okay, they'll be good in a couple of years when they draft a the quarterback, right. and then they'll be good. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always. So, I, I, you know, you just see right through that. Like, just know you, you have no shots. I don't fucking get your hopes up. I love your ESPN rant, too, because ESPN, it, I, said, I tweeted the other day. It's sad how far ESPN has fallen. Like ESPN, ten years ago was it was amazing. Must watch. I'd wake yeah. up and you'd wa- you know how many times would you watch it four times in a row? You wake up at six. Oh yeah, well, and you just sit there. I couldn't wait like to get when I was starting doing comedy and going in New York City like you know three nights a week to try to get on the clubs. I couldn't wait to race home to catch ESPN at eleven o'clock or twelve o'clock mm-hmm. whenever it started at that top of the hour. It was amazing just listening. And then when satellite radio came around, I'm like, now I can listen to ESPN on the radio to Sports Center. So I don't even have to watch it when I get home. I was addicted to it. I'd watch it in the morning and stuff like that when I woke up. And now I don't, the only time I turn on is I'm in a hotel room and I got no choice. You know, because uh, they don't have the MLB channel, I'm a baseball fan, and don't have the NFL network. So I got to watch shitty ESPN. But I don't watch any of those fucking shows where they go back and forth, you know, all like bullshit. Yeah, when they yell at each other, like, they, have, they go in there and prepare. Like, listen, I'm going to like so-and-so, and you have to hate so-and-so. Right. It's impossible. I remember, I don't want new shows. And every 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning, 8, it was one hour, and you would just sit there transfixed to the fucking TV. Yeah, and they would just sh- give you the highlights. And it do- wasn't like, there was no shtick. It was like... Kirk yeah. Gibson went three for four. That's all you want to hear. Yeah, and just watch all the highlights and stuff. But then it became, you know, all these segments and this and that. And then there's 17 different ESPNs and you can't find anything. And they got the scroll on the bottom, which is annoying as shit, showing the same. So, so when, when the MLB channel came around, I'm like, I'm looking for baseball highlights. They do it for a fucking hour. It's perfect. The NFL Network, you know, at 7 o'clock when the games are over. I go there and I watch all the, you know, the highlights. Yeah, they crush it. Like it was great when ESPN, when Chris Berman and Tom mm-hmm. Jackson used to do primetime or whatever, like, like 7.30. For, so for that, and they would show a lot of the highlights, too, from each game. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect. It was great. But now it's just like, you know, they show like two plays and they show a guy dancing in the end zone. You, and I'm a basketball guy, too. So they'll show a basketball game. Like, all right, you'll see nine dunks from DeMarcus Cousins. But his team lost by twenty four. You have no. You don't right. see one winning team's highlights who are doing like their yeah. normal fucking plays. Yeah. They just want, yeah. It's it's sad. And then when they, you know, when they started in with the politics too, it's definitely it, it was you know, and Linda Cohn called it out, and everybody did. Yeah. I saw that a long time ago. I don't want to. I just th- that's the one place. Like I would always be ESPN before I went to bed because I put something mindless on that I can go to sleep to. That I don't have to think. And when someone's on there with the fucking politics, you can get politics everywhere, especially now. Like I said, every time every move place you walk in at Fox News is on CNN MSNBC it's all this bullshit and then they get on ESPN just to get a fucking baseball score and I gotta listen to this fucking nonsense yeah and you know what I'm fair down the way I'm all about the fucking free speech I want zero politics in it I don't yeah. want to talk pro or anti I just want to show me sports for one hour and dude that's why the, I'm not a ratings guy the ratings are tanking because guys like me and you I want to yeah. watch baseball I'm a Yankees fan I want to watch but I want to watch highlights of the Mariners gonna, the Mariners clip is four seconds because they right. have a two minute clip about promoting this guy who's you know, who's walking again. Like, stuff that... Listen, when, it's a good when, story. I don't want to see it. When they gave Caitlyn Jenner that fucking... Yeah. Uh, whatever it Heroic was. Heroic award. Of, yeah. of the year. And the other woman had cancer that won a fucking Olympic medal. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm completely out of ESPN. When they... Yeah, you fucking kidding me? Yeah, you they, know, so they just... Because, you know, look, they're owned by Disney. And they just play everything safe. But they're like, yeah, throw in left-leaning... Because, you know, Linda Cohn went on Sid Rosenberg's show... Mm-hmm. And said, yeah, it's a definitely affecting us, the politics, and people don't want to hear it, and we should just give them the show or sports. And she got suspended. Like, he said, don't come into work. You know what I mean? 
And then fucking whatever her name is. Hill, the Jamil, whatever Yeah, Hill. it says all that shit and like, oh, that's okay. And See, then, you know, and then Al Sharpton comes out because I'm going to protest. We're going to protest ESPN if she gets fired. So then now what does ESPN do? Well, we can't fire her. Yeah, you know, he, but Kurt Schilling fucking retweets a meme like, you know, a transgender person. Pick gone. a bathroom. Yeah, he's gone in it's a, a second. It's a fucking funny th- picture. Pick a bathroom already. And he gets fired. See, I'm fine with just not let them tweet whatever the fuck they want. Just but that one hour of Sports Center, yeah. just show the sports. Yeah. And I don't want no shtick. Just show me the sports. Give me the flat out Kershaw today through eight innings, nine strikeouts. Don't give me like it's the shtick and it's the everyone's trying to have a name for themselves. And I know. To, it's so annoying, isn't it? It's it is because, you know, I got no problem with people's politics. Like I'm a big Ted Nugent fan. I'm mm-hmm. a big Raging S. Machine fan, Tom Morello. And they're two extremes. I don't give a shit about their politics. I've always gone to the, to the shows on each side. I'm like, whatever, whatever you're fucking peddling. Okay, yeah, I'll pick out a pamphlet on the way out. I'll fucking throw it in the garbage, whatever. You want to fuck, you got your 30 seconds. All right, fine. And then those songs come. I never cared about that stuff. You know, but when you're watching sports, it's like that's the one place where it's like, just give us, a, just, we want a dumbed down version and just want to watch sports. Yeah, and like, just listen, unwind. And if someone, listen, gets arrested and you want to show it, fine. But don't tell me, don't show me, for whatever reason, pro or con, people kneeling, people doing this, just don't show any of it. Like, yeah. just give me the fucking sports. It's so And funny. they love it because, you know, ESPN's showing it constantly, talking about it constantly, so more guys are going to do it all. I'm going to get course. on ESPN, so now I'm going to be famous too. And every anchor wants to make a name for themselves by being so shocking. It's, it's sad how it fucking went. I just yeah. hope, you know what, Fox, I think Fox Sports has a good. Medium, they have a, not, not enough uh, viewers, but they have a good thing. They're just going to show sports, but yeah. they're kind of swaying a little bit now, too. They are. Yeah, I don't watch too much of Fox Sports, but that's the one I would, would watch, but definitely not ESPN No, but, you, but you're right. Baseball, I'm going to MLB. Football, I'm going to the NFL Network. That's just how it has to be now. Yeah. And then they're not going to go shtick with it. Hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully not. I mean, yeah, MLB just does it. Does a hot chick that, that you know gives you the yeah, scores. They, and you know what I like too about when MLB with the hot chick, you nailed it. I don't want the sideline reporter during the game telling me because they don't know the hot chick. She's reading something and she's really pretty and she's good. Yeah, she, she's she, good at it. She knows her shit. Yeah. yeah, she knows her shit. You could tell that they know her. They, they said, "Look, if you're gonna get a job here, you gotta know your shit." They're good with it. Yeah, you had you worked for VH1. We're going to skip baseball. Was that your dream job? Because you're a music head, right? Music's your fucking life. Right? Yeah, man. It was amazing. They'd do it in New York, pretty much, or Los Angeles, whatever. But yeah, we go on there and just talk metal. I was a big metal head growing up. So mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, we're going to have a, like, you know, a heavy metal talk show. I'm like, this is fucking, I don't even have to do any research. I don't have to, you know, go, fuck, what am I going to ask him? I've been wanting to ask Angus Young for fucking 20 years about whatever. So it was, you know, I couldn't wait. So it was amazing. It was a nice uh, seven year run. And you got to hang out with. I don't know if you idolize them, but people you fucking listen to. Oh, yeah, love. absolutely. Yeah, totally. Going to concerts and stuff. Like, I'm going to Garden Saturday night. The Scorpions and Megadeth are playing. And I'm fucking, you know, I went on tour with Megadeth. I was opening for them doing stand-up. So I know those dudes. So I'm going to go backstage, hang, fucking go to concert, drink some beers. It's going to be fucking great. Does it ever kick in, like, holy shit, look what the fuck I'm doing? Like, does it ever, like, do you ever have the holy shit, look what I'm doing moment? Yeah, because, you know, that was my whole childhood was, like, fucking making prank calls and... <laughs> And listen to heavy metal, and I got two TV shows between the Crank Anchors thing and then and then you know that metal show. It's like you got to be kidding me. When people don't like, I love my life. I'm like happy. I became friends with Chris Canty. Never asked him for one thing in my life. And I always like even when we go out for drinks. I would never let him pay. Like we're friends, but I'm not letting my boy buy me. So you know, just because you have money, right? And uh, Giants win the Super Bowl in Indianapolis, the second time they beat the Patriots. And uh, I went there. He got me a ticket. And afterwards, they're celebrating, and he gives me the bracelet for the. After party, he's like, "I'll oh, just go upstairs." I'm like, "Oh!" And it was only family and friends, and all the Giants are hanging out there. Eli's there, Chase Blackburn's there, every Giants there celebrating, and I'm just sitting there with them, walking around. Now, no one knows who I am, but yeah. obviously, I'm somebody. Only 
it's two in the morning. I'm cheersing with the Giants, like That's hugging cop. Like that was the night of the Super Bowl after they, they won, won the Super Bowl in, 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 in Indianapolis in the Marriott. And Chris gives me a bracelet to go wow. upstairs. And I'm like, and the people we were with, we were like another one of my friends. He's like, dude, I'm going in. I'm like, no, dude, they're going to come back to the hotel. He's like, they're not hanging out with you. I'm like, I know. Everyone's like, goes back. There's like 20 guys waiting. And I got to go upstairs. I'm like, mom, I'm drinking beer with the Giants. We just won the Super Bowl. She's like, okay. I'm like, I'm sending pictures like right. cheersing with these guys. They don't know who I am. But they're like, you're somebody. You're in here. You're, yeah, yeah. you're the punter's friend probably. you know. And it was like surreal. Like, look what I get to fucking do. And even this, like when I fucked around the podcast. Meeting guys like you and guys who I, like, would listen to on the radio just hanging out with. Like, this is fucking, it's just cool shit doing no. that stuff. And no one, no one realized how cool that is. No, I know. Absolutely. I mean, especially, like, it wasn't a gig where I didn't really know anything about it. Like, if I did, I had a gig on the Travel Channel. I had to go to different countries and, you know, learn a culture. I'm like, fuck, I got to do a lot of research <laughs> for this shit. I don't, you know, I just want to know where the strip club is in Costa Rica. <laughs> you know, the fucking rub and tug, you know. <laughs> So, um, but with this, it was just like, you know, in the prank calls, I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this my whole life. I know how to do them. I know how to fucking bust people's walls. And I know how to, you know, I know a lot about metal, especially that genre that, you know, that are coming on the show. So it was perfect. Was there anybody who like star studded you, blew you away? Like, holy shit, so-and-so is really coming on? Well, uh, getting back to Stern, you know, because I always listened to Howard Stern when I was growing up. Okay. I well, who shitty, didn't, really? Shitty construction jobs. I'd fucking be on the, you know, mowing lawns. And I'm like, that, that guy would get me through the day and just listen to me so outrageous at the time and it was crazy you know lesbians and they're making out and the dial of days yeah, and you, stuff. you never heard this on the radio never and you're like this is fucking amazing so just when i got on that show the first time and met him like holy shit i was on a construction site fucking four years ago listening to this guy oh, so you appreciate stern right when you met him oh yeah oh, absolutely cool. because that's that cool. was yeah and then ozzy is another one like you know when i met ozzy the first time because i was a huge ozzy fan you know and uh no it's been amazing and it's cool, you know. It's and then Dan Marino because I was a big Dolphin okay. fan, so I worked on the, uh, Inside the NFL on HBO for a season. Dan was on at that time, and, so and, we did a whole bit where I was trying to get back on the Dolphins. <laughs> I was Ricky Williams. Remember when Ricky Williams quit that year to smoke pot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With Lenny Kravitz, <laughs> I did a sketch where I dressed up like Ricky Williams and I knocked on Dan Marino's door, his actual door down in Florida, and with a bong and a football. I'm like, Dan, I want to get back on the team, and he starts throwing me football, uh, throwing <laughs> passes in the driveway, and I'm holding a bong, and he breaks it because he fires it. A ball and it breaks the bong and shit. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah, I go, I'm catching passes from Dan Marino. It, it doesn't sink in sometimes. No, it doesn't. Like, um, are you a basketball guy or no? Not really. Felipe Lopez, you know who he is? Yeah. So he was the number one high school player of all time, like before LeBron James. He went to the NBA, never really made it big. I hit him up, he comes here. And I'm sitting here just talking with him. We're dribbling the ball. Him and I are playing beer pong. I'm like, holy shit, I'm playing beer pong with... The guy, when I was in eighth grade, right. I thought it was the cool. I used to cut my shirts. Like I'm like, dude, it's crazy how like yeah. playing beer pong. I'm like, this is kind of cool, this fucking podcasting. I'm meeting Felipe Lopez, Jim Florentine, like cool fucking people that you've always like yeah. admired. You get to meet. It's it's cool shit. Absolutely. No, it is. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, I, you know, baseball player, like I don't know if you met any Yankees, but like, you know, some of those guys being a huge Yankee fan, like those, you know, fucking... Paul O'Neill and shit like that must be amazing. I don't know if you met him or not, but I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one. Rivera and Wetland and those fucking classic teams. So UNGA, it's the United States General Assembly. When it's in New York, it starts next week. It's like right. every like president from every country comes here. So for work, we have to work over there, and it, it's hell. You're standing on the corner for like 12 hours, directing traffic. Like you can't come. People are cursing at you because the North Korean. Like it's just it's just hell. Okay, it's always like the worst detail at work you can get. So the Trump. Plaza was over there, Trump Towers, whatever. And we used to like sneak downstairs. There was a little room, and we used to give the guy like ten bucks. And we used to like just sit in the air conditioned, 
door, and the guy's like, hey, uh, any of you guys Yankee fans? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, you want to meet two players? I'm like, yeah. Jeter Matsui lived over there. Really? And I'm, you know, working. Right. Cool as hell, like 15 minutes just talking to them. But I never got – I got, like, Chuck Knobloch called in, uh, Homer Bush. But I never got any big time. Okay. Baseball guys are the hardest to go on for some reason, and that sucks. Yeah, yeah, for some reason. I have to have Matsui. I forgot about him. Yeah, he lived in. He came – he, he didn't really speak English, but he was cool. Was that the guy with the big porn collection? Yes. The, you yeah, want, yeah. You ever hear the story with him and Jeter? No. Okay. They live in the Trump – was it Trump Plaza? Whatever yeah. it is together. And Matsui's going to have, like, a big housewarming party. So Jita comes down with the translator. And Matsui's, like, showing his decoration. And Jita goes, and he's, like, in the, he's, uh, like, so faithful to his wife, but has all porn. Like, that's what his wife's like. You can watch as much porn as yeah. you want. And Jeter tells him, listen, where's your porn collection? He goes, listen, in America, he's telling the translator, in America, you have to display the porn. This is a true story. And Matsui, and Matsui's translator tells Matsui, and he's like, listen, before you have everyone come over here, you do the house nice. But this whole world, he's like a thousand DVDs. You got display all your porn, all your okay. And Matsui lined the whole wall up with his porn. He did. They have Steinbrenner, have all the business people come in, and everyone's taken back. It's all this like filthy Japanese and American oh, porn. All that's world. great. Is that awesome? They say like, Gene was a good prankster like that's that. That's great. You said you're a baseball guy. Who's your team? The uh, San Francisco Giants. Why? That's a weird team. I too. liked them when I was a kid. Willie McCovey. I saw play. I was a first baseman. I was lefty, and that was it. You know. So I've liked them ever since, and you know they, you know they sucked this year, but they three World Series. You can't beat it in the last six years. is unbelievable. I'm awesome, they're awesome. You know what sucks though is like nobody. Like if it was a football game, mm-hmm. there'd be a bunch of people around. I watched those three World Series by myself in my basement. Nobody's in the baseball. Nobody would come over. Like, oh, it's game six. Nobody gave I a know. shit. So I'm like, I just wish somebody was around and appreciated it. Right, but still, it was it was amazing. See, it's funny you said that. We're at Jack Dempsey's now, and. I get really nervous. Sports my fucking life. I get so nervous. If they lose, like, I was married uh, for, like, nine months, and she actually left me because, like, the Yankees in Kentucky because, like, she's like, you're a fucking loser. Right. Because I, I would, like, it, it's sad. Like, you laugh, and, like, I'd, she'd cry over the game. Like, I'd cry over the games. I'd have temper tantrums. I wouldn't talk. I missed, like, family dinners. I missed vacations. Like, my life has been completely altered because of sports. So I start doing the podcast, and I start hitting up old Kentucky players. And they're like, yeah, we'll do your show. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm coming down there next week. I had no plans to come down there. Right. I come down there, bring my shit. I have like five guys on the show. They're like, yeah, we'll meet up. You know, old basketball players who aren't in the NBA anymore. And people are calling. Then I'm doing their local radio. And it's like, oh, there's a bar, Jack Dempsey's. I've heard of it. It's a Kentucky bar. And now when a big Kentucky game on, I used to be in my apartment pacing back and forth like, I want to talk to someone about that horrible block and right. now I come here it's it's a haven so it's, it's on just a Kentucky bar on this floor right here right where Kentucky plays like right now there's 15 people here where Kentucky yeah. plays there's 150 people here just all for Kentucky that's what I should have done I know there's I, I heard there's a San Francisco Giant yeah, bar on, somewhere on 2nd Avenue uh, Professor Tom's I think it okay, is okay yeah like on, and I know there's like a Dolphin bar somewhere too but I really that's what I should have done like if the Giants are in the World Series again should, I'm going there, and then I'm just fucking, you know, get a hotel room for the night. I'll, and I think the name is Finnerty's. It's on East 12th and 2nd. That's which is that? That's a San Francisco Giant bar. Oh, that's a, okay, 12th Giants, and 2nd. Yeah, Giants, Warriors, and 49ers. Okay. And it's cool shit because, like, just say Alabama has a big football game. You want to watch it? I would go to the Alabama bar. Each city has, like, a each bar in New York is, like, representative of a different. Yeah. So it's kind of fucking cool during, yeah. the, uh, during the week. Like, you're watching, like, oh, let's go watch a good fucking game, and you can go see that. I just hate when those guys are like, you know, when, you know, like if I went to the Dolphin Bar and the guys are like, oh man, they, I think they can win the Super Bowl this year. The Patriots looking bad. I'm like, it, it, stop. 
Stop. You're not a fan if you think they own a soup. They're not. You're like a real. You're a real fan, though. Yeah, because you know, like you don't have any shot. But then again, you know, look. But baseball is different. Baseball is more of a team sport. Mm-hmm. But in, um, I never thought the Giants would win those Super those uh, World Series no, either. Never. In baseball, they had like a, just a shitty, scrappy team, no home runs, pretty good pitching, and then they just got on a roll. Yeah, they had so, no stud players besides Buster. No, they had studs. no studs at all. They were just, all these rookies are throwing in mm-hmm. there, and Bochy was just managing great in the playoffs. But um, when um, but football's different. You need a fucking killer quarterback. You need at least a Matt Ryan, or you got no shot. You need a Joe Flacco. Flacco, Ryan, Romo. Romo's not playing anymore. Are the like the lowest guys you can get to, or you got no shot. Mm-hmm. The Ryan Tannehill's not going to win your Super Bowl. Never. No matter He's how below. good the defense is. No. Tyrod Taylor from the Bills not going to win your Super Bowl. You know, guys like that, usually you got no shot. Carson Palmer's not going to. Andy Dalton's not going to. you and got it, no shot. And it sucks, too, because, you know, the season starts, baseball starts. Everyone's in first place today. We get it for one day. But in baseball, you never know. Like you said, Madison comes out of nowhere and pitches the yeah. greatest week in the history of sports. Yeah. But in football, you can watch week one. No matter, okay, my team, the Patriots lost. You know they're still going to be fucking awesome. 13-3. and three, You know they're still going to dominate football. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, the Giants could start off 0-3 in football and then go on a run and win eight straight. That's just the way football is. And that's how Eli is, too. Right, like they look like shit on Sunday night, but, you know, this week they could blow out the Lions or they maybe they'll lose the Lions and they're 0-2 and then they'll reel off six wins in a row. Yeah, we got Odell dancing at a club. You saw that? No. Odell, you know, he's not playing because he's yeah, ankle. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And they saw him at a club dancing. What night? Was it right after the game? The or? day after. And so now, it was on Monday night. Yeah, and now he's uh, not he didn't practice the whole week, so now they everyone's calling Francesa today. Like Odell's at the club dancing. You know, Francesa hates him. Right? Francesa just crushes him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Is there footage of him or something or someone? I, someone snaps, right. Snapchatted so, yeah, that yeah. shit. So of course it goes right out. Real quick yeah, yeah. about a couple things because you played in Point Pleasant. Yeah. What other, you have any other gigs close to here or no? Uh, I do the stand uh, comedy club on 20th and 3rd in New York City all the time. I'm there. Oh, I live on 26th and 3rd. I know. You do? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a great great little club. Okay. Um, I'm doing that, uh, you know, I usually do that on the weekends if I'm not out of town. So I got shows coming up. I know like the end of October, I'm there for the whole weekend, the Friday, Saturday, like 27th, 28th that weekend. Where's this, the stand? The stand, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And then I'm there tonight and uh, tomorrow night. But we just do like 15-minute sets. It's not like an hour set mm-hmm. that we do on the road. Well, Point Pleasant's a whole set. Yeah, the Point Pleasant's a whole set, yeah. And when, like, for the material, I'm, I'm like, more comic questions now. You're doing a special. You say, I know you just had, what, a special man? What's the name of your special? A simple man, a yeah. simple man. When you're getting ready to do a special itself, how much preparation is going into that? A lot. I mean, you do, you do it for at least two years. Oh, my God. Working like I'm just working on a whole new set now. Okay, um, and just you know you record every show and you just come up with stuff and you just keep adding and building and taking shit out and working and listening back. But I like it. It's a whole process. You know, it's like putting a fucking big puzzle together. I love the process of shit working and like, oh cool, this is working. I'm gonna put it here. Like I said with the dating stuff, like I got a big chunk of that. Like these, you know, all the shit that goes on on these dates. I'm like, I fucking love it. Let's go meet. I'm not, this is gonna be some. This is gonna be fucking great material. You know, they always go, am I going to be in your act? Go, maybe. Oh, you let them know right away. Like, maybe. I don't know. I'm <laughs> step, not going to use step your name, game but up. maybe. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I love the girls on the dating side. I love to laugh. Who doesn't? Yeah, Who I know. Does? You love to laugh? Really? How funny is that? Well, I I'm know. a comedian. Then. <laughs> yeah, or, uh, you know, live, love, laugh. I'm oh, like, no, no, yeah, I'm so like, if you're, on, if you're on Tinder, you're not living, loving, and laughing. <laughs> you're miserable. You're lonely. You're horny. Just like the guy wants to fuck you on Tinder. <laughs> you, you said something so fucking funny going back to your dating bit. What's the name of your podcast? The mental you want to know? Uh, Comedy Metal Midgets. 
It's up on iTunes. I do it every week. It's on everything, though. Isn't it on Stitcher? It's on yeah, everything, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I, do you edit it or no? You just... No, I never read. I edited one time because one guy said, I interviewed this one guy, and he goes, like, I did. I was doing coke the other night, and I was all fucked up. And the next day, he goes, dude, can you take that out? I want my wife to hear it. That's the only time. It was like 30-second clip. I've never edited anything. Now, you know, you don't want to do like a one-on-one like this podcast with like more guests just like kicking it, or you'd rather just you do your own thing? I'd rather. I'm busy, and I live in Jersey, and it's tough. I got a kid and shit like that to get out and do a one-on-one thing. So it's just easier for me to just do it on my own. Any guests you ever wanted to interview? I know we said Ozzy and shit. Like, because like there's a few. Like I always have my list of like four or five. Them like I got a fucking interview. I want to. Those are my dream guests. Do you have any dream guests? I would love to. You know, being a San Francisco Giant fan, I'm sure you don't like them. But you know, when you get a shit, when you get a guy with a bad reputation, it comes to your team like a Rod. Mm-hmm. It probably took you a while to like him. You're like, I don't fuck this guy. He's a piece of shit. But then when he helped win that one World Series. He five, blew up five no years yep. ago. He blew up. Who knows what he was taking? But who, whatever. <laughs> and who cares? It's over. It's, you know, whatever. So you have to learn. Like you know what? I'm gonna fuck. He's on my team. I gotta learn to like this guy. If he can get me big hits, fucking, I'll, I'll deal with the other bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Barry Bonds. Barry okay. Bonds. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, I, look, I obviously wasn't that big fan when he's on the Pirates, but he came to the Giants, and all of a sudden he was a superstar. I'm like, yeah, he's on my team. It's like when Dion. Remember when Dion used to jump from team to team? He was so good. Like, if he came to the Giants in his prime, you're like, all right, I fucking like him. I hated him last year when he was on the 49ers mm-hmm. or the Cowboys. So I would love to interview him and just really, like, you know, talk baseball. Because he, he did get a bad rap, even though he was kind of a dick. But the press was, was always dicks to him, too. Yeah, they, always from day one. Day one. And you said it good because when A-Rod came, I'm like, oh, my God, we got fucking A-Rod. This is great. Because he wasn't a dick originally. Right. Then he came here, and I'm like, I'm done with this guy. I'm a Jeter guy. Then when, when everyone else hates your guy, like, whoa, whoa, that's my fucking guy. And yeah, then, then now, like, I love yeah, A-Rod. Now you got to defend him. You have to love him. Yeah. You have to. Like, you know what? Bon Jay's an asshole. Every, now everyone hates him. Now I fucking love but, him. But, you know, and, and the Jeter thing was different because Jeter was such an icon. Yeah. And they were kind of rivals. They were friends. But then they, were, they had a fallen out. A-Rod and then made A-Rod that one comes, comment. Yeah. And A-Rod goes, I'll play third base. So it was like there was this. And Jeter was such a fucking, you know, could do no wrong in oh, New York. Never. Never. And then A-Rod comes in with a shitty reputation, a lot of money. No, no shirt in Central Park. Yeah, I know. On the yeah. Rock. And it's like, I get up early and I'm, I'm up before anyone's even up <laughs> working out. Meanwhile, okay, you, what are you fucking putting in your body? Body. <laughs> you know, and then he lied, and he got all. You know, you knew he was doing roids. He was oh, doing course, it from, from day one. But um, you know what happened with Bonds was is it, the press in the seventies called out his dad. His dad had a big drinking problem, mm-hmm. and they never reported that shit. Remember, the press used to be cool. Yeah, and they, they go out with the fucking guys. And they go to strip club, or they go get to, hammered with them. Yeah, cover for them, cover for them, and shit. They would never re- reveal that stuff. Even mm-hmm. JFK, everyone, all the reporters knew what he was yeah. doing. And for some reason, they called Bobby Bonds out that he was a drinker and he was drinking a lot. And that's when. And Bobby always told him, "Don't ever trust the press." They fucking threw me under the bus and shit. So, but I would like to interview him. That'd be cool. Because I've interviewed most of the rock stars, and you know that's that was great. You know, Lemmy and Ozzy and the guys from Metallica and shit like that, or Angus Young from ACDC. But I, I would, I like to do that one. The Bonds one. Yeah. I don't know how much you would give, but I, I you know. Well, well, that's when people always like, "Oh, who's your top three guest?" I'm like. I don't want to interview Jeter. Like, imagine, well, if Jeter would open, Jeter never opens and up. And that's why he'd be a bad interview. I know, he, he never Jeter does. would be a shitty interview because he would just sit there and just give you the most generic answers. You want to hear the real answers. That's why you want to, I love interviewing retired guys who are like good players but not great, like Tanyan Sturtz. I don't know if you remember him. Tanyan yeah, Sturtz yeah, pitched yeah, for the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. He came on, he's telling these great stories in the locker room, how they would like, people would bet. Like, he would just, because he, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He doesn't have a brand. He doesn't have a brand. He's cool as shit. Whatever. Jeter's never going to fuck up his brand no, that's by true. saying, yeah, I'm getting head in the back. No, no. Yeah, or Lenny Dykstra. He's fucking oh, yeah. 
Holy <laughs> shit, talking about strawberries, call him the hammer because of his dick. Strawberry. <laughs> I love that. Dude, that was, in, what, what book was that? Like the year the bad guys won or whatever? They're talking about doing like Keith Hernandez doing coke. During, oh, yeah. And you know what? All the, um, the press knew it, but they were like, they hush-hushed on it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what made like the players and press were like, they were best friends. You never heard a good story. You never no, heard even it. even when good and missed you know the, the, the parade. parade. He was in no a crack even, house. I know, but nobody even knew. Like today, it would have been someone. The crack guy would have said, you <laughs> the know, the dealer would have Snapchat. Yeah, exactly, it. and said, "Look where he is." You know, you got to wait. Like I don't know why they make it. He overslept. Like all right, whatever. He overslept. That's who's oversleep in the parade. Yeah, that's when the World Series. But um, yeah, so I mean, you can't really do anything anymore. With like, yeah, Beckham's in a club fucking dancing, and now he's in trouble. Well, I think about going back to comedy because. I mean, you've made it. You're you consider yourself. You're the up echelon of comics. You're known by everybody. When you grow up, you said you're a music guy. Do you say I want to be a comedian? I want to be on stage. Being I knew I wanted to be on stage, but I didn't have any talent um, musically. Wait, I oh, tried. Okay, okay, okay. All my friends were in bands growing up. I listened to music, but I tried. I didn't. Have, I just didn't have the musically. I didn't have the ear for music. So I knew I wanted to be on stage somehow. So I started DJing on the radio. I was a big rock because I would DJ in clubs. I DJ in a strip club. I was on the radio. I had my own DJ business, and then eventually, I, I when I saw Dice and Kinnison, you know, start and they had like rock stars around, and they basically bought like a rock star mentality to stand up. That's when I said, "That's what I want to do." And I was always like the wise ass one liner guy, and I was always I always liked comedy. Like I like I love Pryor and Carlin and you know and shit like that. And Rodney Dangerfield was a huge influence. Mm-hmm. But when I saw them being like rock stars, I'm like, shit, I can do I wanna fucking do this. So Dice was a big influence? Oh huge, yeah. When I saw that seven minute set when I was a kid and I was like, Holy fuck. I was mowing lawns at the time, I was going you know, I'd get my paycheck at five, fucking five o'clock on Friday, go out and buy a fucking case of beer for the weekend, <laughs> sit there, get drunk and just fucking damn nut smoke pot and have nothing going on in my life. When my uh, I was like I was young I came maybe nine ten my uncle <clears throat> he's passed away but we used to listen to Stern we used to drive to the store and get food and he would give me my little Walkman I'd have Andrew Dice Clay's like cassette and I used to listen to it I'm like this guy's cr-. he would say you know you never heard yeah, those words I know I know and he would now I know Norton toured with Dice did you tour with Dice yeah oh yeah oh, you opened with Dice also oh yeah yeah I still do it to this day here and there some days was that stuff. just incredible it was amazing yeah we met him at the, uh, out in LA at a comedy club okay me and Norton the first day we were ever in LA we flew out there for this TV show we were doing okay and like probably 2000 year 2000 or whatever and we saw him at the comedy club we went up to him and started talking to him and he took a liking to us for some reason so wait, you didn't know him at all. <clears throat> I don't know the story. You don't know him at all. You see Dice. Like, hey, what's up? We're fans. And he's like, him, he's talking to Rich Voss. We knew okay. Voss at the time. So <laughs> yeah. they're talking. And we go, oh, we got to get a picture. Like, holy shit, there's Dice. And so, so I go over to him. I go, hey, um, hey Dice, uh, can I get a picture? He goes, and he just stares at me. He goes, no. I go, no? He goes, no. I go, come on, I'm a big fan. He goes, I don't care. So what does that mean? So then I walk away. I'm like, fuck. And Norton's like, all right, let's just forget. I go, no, I'm going to get a picture with him. Fuck him. And I just go over. I go, Dice, come on. I'm a big fan. He goes, so? He goes, nobody tells me what to do. <laughs> and I go, what well, comics from New York? Come on, man. You can't take one quick picture with us? He goes, well, Rich knows us. And he's like, and he's just staring at me like fucking like an inch away. He's like, yeah, you're for comics. You're a comic from New York? I'm like, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right, yeah, I'll take a picture. Come on. <laughs> And then we just started talking, and we saw how we liked his albums and this and that, and he just took a liking to us. And we did, Norton's telling me he likes hookers. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I liked him, the pee on me and stuff. He's like, what? And he was, just, he was fascinated by us. And the next day, he's like, hey, where are you guys staying? You know, I'm going shopping tomorrow. You guys want to go shopping with me? We're like, yeah. With fucking dice, you yeah, go shopping? Goes, yeah, he goes, all right, give me a hotel room and number. 
And we go back to the hotel that night, we're like, holy shit. And the other comics were staying with like, he's not going to call. I'm like, yeah, whatever. We thought, we're like, all right, whatever. Yeah. He's just telling us, yeah, yeah, I'll go. You know. And then fucking like nine in the morning, he called. And he picked, you guys ready? I'll be there in 20 minutes. And he picked us up. We spent the whole day with him. So you guys got fucking lucky on all aspects. You and Jim meet each other. You meet Voss. You're doing, you tour with Rich Voss. Yeah. Reverend Bob Levy, Stern, so you kind of like, you guys got pretty lucky. Not that you're not talented, because you guys are crazy talented, but you also got lucky with the... Yeah, and then and then Dice brought Norton in on Opie and Anthony. I, I so, remember listening yeah, to that. Yeah, so he's the one who brought him in there, and Opie and Anthony took a liking to him and gave him the sidekick gig. Mm-hmm. So if it wasn't for Dice, you know, then bringing him in there, that he probably would have not got that gig. Yeah, no way, because yeah. I remember when Dice came in, because remember, at that point, Dice was kind of on the, he wasn't as big as he was. Yeah. He was on the down, Dice, and he comes on there with Norton. I'm like, oh, wow. And Anthony used to do the Dice impression. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool shit. And this guy Norton would come on, and I'll never forget. Like, one of his first shows, Dice is like, tell him, Jim. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, this. I, I pay girls to pee on me. I'm like, you, you make the radio loud. Like, I know. who is this dude? And then he would just be so filthy. I'm like, this guy's nuts. Yeah. And he had no filter. And he said things that you never, like, not even stern. He was on a new level. Like, he was talking about, like, his like first time in like Times Square in the peepholes like touching the girls oh, yeah, and yeah. stuff like yeah you would listen like who is this dude no and I know because I told him I said go on there and be honest I go people are gonna love you because it's a bunch of dirtbags are listening to that yeah, show yeah all was all the they're, they're gonna eat it up I go because I'm I'm that same guy like that guy in the construction site would love to hear a fucking creep like you he's like yeah that's <laughs> what I'm gonna do and he went in there and he, they're like holy shit this guy's great well I remember listening to it I was maybe like maybe eighteen and he was like yeah it's my first and he was like. He'd be like uh, stuttering and he'd be talking like this is a normal dude who's a creepy guy. He was saying things and old people would be like, girls pee on you? He's like, yeah, oh, it's the greatest thing. So this girl's peeing on me and he would say it like the way you and I are saying, oh, we're sharing the water right yeah. now. It was not even like anything special. He's like, yeah, no, I paid the girl to pee on me and then I'm, you know, I'm doing this to myself. I'm, and you listen like, holy shit, this guy's on a new level. And everyone just, they fell in love with him. Yeah. And then the, he, he, he turned into... His career, that's yeah. crazy. Like, he's still doing the comics and stuff, but... No, and the radio radio always loves a fuck-up, and then when Artie Lang got the gig on Stern, it's like he's a fuck-up, too, and people love to hear those stories. And they loved Artie, because Artie was a huge Stern fan, too. Yeah. So he always says, like, I was the biggest fan. He'd be on there, and I always feel like that changed the Stern show from when Jackie... Were you a big radio guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved I love when Jackie was on the show. I love when Jackie would laugh and those one-liners. Yes. He would slip out. It was so funny. So Jackie leaves, and, and then Artie comes on, and you hear him, like... All, and Howard's like, Artie, what's wrong? Oh, I lost X amount of money in my dealer. This, I, and he was like, so, oh my God, this guy's a degenerate gambler. Yeah. He's a heroin addict. He does coke, and he's, he's just talking about it on the air. And it's true. You're just like, holy, you're just transfixed by these people. Yeah. That's a, no, no, I know. You went to Vegas. He lost five grand on the under, and then he got a prostitute. She stole his wallet. <laughs> like, holy shit. And, you know, no matter how shocking ONA was or Stern or anyone else, he's sidekick gigs like holy shit these are the most fucked up guys these comics are fucked up people yeah. man you are you guys are all fucked up and I, I I know and I was always honest about my life too and even my podcast whatever I'm like I'm just gonna fucking leave. I don't give a shit and people are, people like that they like when you're honest yeah because the fakeness is listen if you're not gonna don't tell you're not a romantic guy so don't try to fake you are right exactly so when you come out and saying how disgusting you are girls love that story exactly I'm like yeah you know I don't know fucking you know because one girl's like, I know you you don't want to cuddle with me. You know, I'd like to. And I'm like, well, why you say that? She goes, I just know you wouldn't. I go, no, you can lay out. You know, you can fucking, we can cuddle for like 10, 15 minutes before we go to bed. And then I'm, eventually I'm going to be on the other side of the bed at some point. 
Well, no, you don't want to do it. I go, no, I just said I will. No, I, I know you don't want to, so I'm not going to. Well, you just asked. I said I will. I told you I'll do it for like 10 or 15 minutes. You go to sleep, and then I'm going to go on the other side of bed. No, that's fine. I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't give a fuck. I'm like, holy shit. You know, cuddling's not fun. It's cute. You hold each other. You don't right. want to sleep with someone's but, face. But going to sleep. Yeah, going to sleep. I said, yeah, if I can lay here. But when you go to sleep, I'm going on the other side of the bed. It doesn't yeah. matter. We don't have to hold each other all night. Like I this think isn't I'm, our last night on earth. Yeah, my girlfriend, I think, is the hottest girl. She just got back from vacation. Let's. I miss cuddles. I'm like, all right, so we're cuddling. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, really? No cuddles? I'm like, Julia, we're, we're cuddling. Like, she wants face-to-face cuddling. Right. I don't want to wake up my face in her mouth. It's no, like, because you don't want to sleep that like And then that. the hair, and you have to keep moving your, her hair from your face. It's fucking yeah. horrible. Yeah, I mean, I'll, um, <laughs> you know, I'll spoon with her from behind. Maybe I could slip it in, you know, in the middle <laughs> of the night. You know what I mean? What's that? I'm like, I don't know. It's, you know. <laughs> oh, you're so hot. I'm just so turned on by you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, you've been on for now. Let me ask you two last questions. Any comics that you always wanted to tour with and you never got a chance to, or you pretty much did every comic like you wanted to tour with? Uh... Huh. I don't know. Probably not. No, I don't think so. And now, because your name's a bigger name, like I said, you're really prominent. In the, is it like a lonelier spot now? Like you were traveling with all those guys in the beginning. Now you're the guy. So now you're going gig to gig. Is it a lonely gig? Well, like, yeah, lonely? we don't really get to see each other mm-hmm. unless it's New York City during the week, you know. So we're all just working the club and doing like little shows. But um, I, I got guys that open for me. Like, you, you know, I got guys that are like that are feature acts that go on before me that I try to travel with. Okay. You know, friends of mine. So that's what you have to do. You have to bring your own guys with you. So I like to I like to hang with friends on the road. I don't like to be the guy like by myself and I don't know the other comics. But if you do, that's you do. Whatever. It's, it's like, lonely, you know, but you're a sports guy, so you have other. Like, yeah, uh, I got whatever. So yeah. what? You know what? I get I got I got a seven year old kid that's in first grade. I can fucking sleep on the road. I can get some work done when I'm in my hotel room, mm-hmm. and I just fucking hang out. You know what I mean? So it's kind of peaceful, and then I got to do shows that night and all that shit. So it's not that lonely. I'm like, whatever. I could deal with it. <laughs> I don't go sightseeing when I go to town. I might hit a, like a you know a, a baseball game mm-hmm. on like a Sunday afternoon or something for a show, but I don't need to go see the fucking museum in town. I don't give a shit. You know, I'm not going to walk around. You want to walk around town? No, not really. I, I'm going to get something to eat. That's about it. You know, just, just to, you know, the fucking whatever started here. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you know, whatever it is. You first know. ever P- Okay. So, okay, so I'm going to bring up on stage. You know, they're fucking, you know, they, they picked the first apple in this town. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. And... You've had the, you've met a million people before because of the comedy thing, the VH1 thing. Oh, can I ask you one question about the Crank Anchors? Yeah. Because the Crank Anchors thing kind of like put your name up there. Yeah, yeah. When you met Eminem, you met him? Yeah, yeah. The, Was that the coolest thing? And how'd that come about? Yeah, it was. Because well, I, I just looked at my little notes, which I, but I, I saw Eminem's name. Yeah, he was a fan of the show. We heard uh, like after one season, no one was really watching the show. Like there was no buzz to the show. We mm-hmm. heard through the grapevine that Eminem was a big fan. We're like, wow, that's cool. Because no celebrities knew the show at that point. And then... um. We got a call one day, like Comedy Central. It was from his manager's day. Hey, Eminem wants to be on Crank Anchors because it's his favorite show because he would watch it with his daughter every week. Okay, okay. So they bonded over that. He wants to be on there and he wants to do calls with that guy that does Special Ed and Bobby Fletcher. That was the, the, the characters I did. They go, he, can, he only has a small window, so he needs to do it within the next five days. We need you guys to come to Detroit to his studio and he'll be on the show. I'm like, holy shit, so we got everything together. And next thing you know, fucking, I'm, I'm going to Detroit to do calls with Eminem. And I was a big Eminem fan. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm a big metal guy, but I always loved Eminem. So and you're like, sitting there with Eminem fucking recording. It was insane, yeah. I remember walking in, I'm like, I see him. Like, I, I got there before him, and I see him walk in the studio. I'm on the other side. I'm already in there just hanging out and waiting for him. I see him walk in. I'm like, holy shit. 
I'm like, all right, he's just a person. No big deal. You know, because if you piss off Eminem, he's going to write a whole album about yeah. you. <laughs> about you know killing I mean? you yeah, and chopping yeah. you up. Yeah, like, who is this fucking guy? You know, I'd be public enemy number one. And I remember he walks in, he just comes out to you, he goes, I can't believe I'm in the room with the guy that does special ed. Like, that's Shut the first the thing he said. I go, really? I go, yeah, well, likewise. I go, I'm a big fan, too. He goes, no, seriously, how'd you do this call? And he knew, like, every call. He knew all my shit and all that stuff. So, and we just bonded over that. We did a bunch of calls. Then I did the MTV Music Awards with him. We did a bit on stage with, uh-huh. uh, the next year and stuff like that. I did one of his videos. So, you know, we did a lot of stuff together. That's, that, you see, is that up there with the cool... I went to his birthday party. They flew me to Detroit. They no, come to on, do, come on. They wanted me to do stand-up at his private birthday party. He had, like, a club in Detroit. Um, lucky I didn't go on because it wasn't my crowd. Yeah, I was having I, a good time. It wasn't your demo, there. yeah. They were all up there freestyle, and then I'm fucking, I'm going to go up there and go, yeah, so, uh, you know, everybody been on a plane recently. <laughs> so, but they flew me out there. And like, all right, when you, uh, his manager's like, when do you want to go on? I go, I don't know, a little while, a little while, and they just hid the whole party. I'm like, I'm not going up You're there. checking out the room like, yeah, yeah they, I'm like, yeah, it are... didn't work out. I wasn't getting paid anyway. They said, look, we'll pay for your airfare. We'll put you up in a hotel. I go, fine. And you had to hang out at Eminem. And Eminem something. wanted me to be there. He's like, I wanted to be there because we were kind of like, you know, on kind of friendly terms. And But I never went up. He's like, were you, what were you going to say up there? I go, I was going to ro- probably roast you. He's like, what were you going to say about me? I go, I'm not telling. He goes, no, man, what were you going to say? I go, I had a bunch of shit. He's like, oh, man. But I never I never got up to do it. Are you guys still in contact at all or no? Not really. I'm still friends with, like, his, his people. That's cool shit. So, um, you know, if, if he comes around again, I could definitely go to a show. You know, but I haven't. I probably haven't seen him probably in about seven or eight years. Well, that's gonna. That's this how I always end the podcast, and I, I'm always curious with this. Whether who you are, everyone has famous people on the phone. Just say you and I are at the bar tomorrow night. We're drinking. You want to impress somebody? No one gives a shit. Just say that you're Jim Florentine hanging out, with Mike. No one cares. Who's the coolest guy on your phone? That if you text them, they would text you back. Um. I don't know if they would text me back, but I got some. Well, I got Dan Marino's phone number, which is oh, fucking amazing. That's unbelievable. That was, and he was he was drinking one night, and he gave it to me. He's like, Jim, yeah, get, let me know next time you're in Florida. I was like the fat chick. I'm like the hot. The next day, I go, he's not gonna call. I was way out of my league, you know. I'm like the fat kid's girl sitting home. Like, there's no way, you know what I mean? But that, but I wouldn't text him. I don't only text him like, but um, I don't know if he would text me back. But I, I, it's a weird one. I have Bob Costas' phone number on my phone. How did you, you possibly pull that one off? Because I, was, uh, I did Inside the NFL back with okay. Marino in like 2004. And Costas took a liking to me for some reason. And whenever I did play in St. Louis, because he lived in St. Louis at the time, he would come to my shows. So he's been to like three or four of my stand-up shows. He loves comedy. You know what I mean? And so we'd hung out, and then he would call me. And I texted him probably like two years ago was the last time. And he wrote back? Yeah, yeah, he wrote back. I think it was the whole time with the... Um, uh, uh, when it was uh, Sandy Hook. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Remember he went on like Sunday night, he goes about guns and stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, and people were giving him shit. And I'm people just like, hey, crushing him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I think that was the last time. So, no, it, no there was probably some time after that. But I still, yeah, that's a weird one. But he's still, he's, he's a friendly dude. He'd be like, what, what are you working on? You got, I want to see some new material and all this shit. So, that's, you know, that's a pretty good answer. When you get these cool people, and you, I say cool, like quote unquote, and when you text them, you're like a chick, and then it buzzes back, it's like, oh, it's them. I don't want to be too anxious. Because I have the iPhone, and when you read it, I leave mine on so it says red. Right. So if someone like Omar from The Wire, Michael right. K. Williams, him yeah. and I text a lot. Um, like he just, I had Bob Marley's son just came on. Right. And Michael Williams like, dude, I'll get you his – I'm like, all right. So he texts me, and I see it there, but I can't read it yet because I don't want to be like overly eager. Yeah, yeah. And then I write back really long. I'm like, oh, it was too long. I critiques every message I fucking send to like 
the celebrities quote. It's yeah, because you don't want to send too much stuff, and then you have to get back. You're like, fuck, I might have pushed it a little. And the worst ever is like if you're trying to text and you're driving and you call them by accident and you hit end real quick. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they see missed call. Why yeah, is he calling one, absolutely, me? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> So Dan Marino's yours. You never called him drunk or anything. Never texted him drunk. No, I, I no, I, I haven't. Um, I've texted him with like when I'm gonna go to a game. I go, hey Dan, I'm coming to a game because he works for the Dolphins now. He's on the field before or whatever. Okay. And like last year, I texted him because I went to a Dolphin Raven game down in Baltimore. I said, Dan, I'm at the stadium. Hopefully, I could say, say hi. He's like, yeah. He goes, uh, I don't know. It might be a little tough, but hopefully. And then whatever we text back and forth, it's like, sorry. Oh, so, oh so he knows who you are. Oh, you yeah, guys, yeah. Oh, okay. He came cool. to one of my comedy shows like two years ago. Him and his wife came to my show. You nervous? Like, like, oh, fuck, Dan Marino's Yeah, I'm like, it? holy shit. I go, Dan Marino's out there. You got to be fucking good. And afterwards, I go, look, man. I go, you gave me 17 years of pr- pleasure, and I gave you a fucking night of nonsense. <laughs> he goes, no, man, it was great. He's like, he, he, it's funny because it's almost like he was in the huddle. He goes, you know, you're fucking good. No. You know that. No, seriously. He's like in my face because you know that. He goes, you go up there every night on stage and you're the fucking best guy on the show by far. So don't even fucking think you're not. He, he, was, goes, you, he was locker room talking to Oh, you. yeah. He goes, you know. He goes, you know when you get up there. Like, oh, right, no, who's fucking better than me? you got to go up there like that. He goes, you are. You know. You're about to run through a fucking wall frame like you're Clayton and Duper. Like, I, I got you, Dan. I got, dude, that's funny shit. I know. It was amazing. So. Well, listen, I can't thank you enough for coming on. And because your show was so good, I'm actually, I got to see if I'm going to go down the 22nd or 23rd to Point Pleasant. What's yeah, I'm there Friday and Saturday night. And what's the Italian? Joey Leone's. Is that the place next to it? It's near Joey Leone's Italian place. Yeah, yeah. It's next to it. Yeah. And yeah. this place to bring your own. It's a, you yeah, used yeah, to be yeah. an old restaurant. You bring your own in. Oh, which, the comedy place? Yeah. Okay. But it's not good because people don't know how to pour their own drinks. Awesome. You know, they bring a bottle of vodka and they're fucking hammered in one fucking drink. <laughs> and you do one show or two shows? Uh, one show each night. You can't wait to do it? You like yeah, it down yeah. Because you do it down there a lot, don't you? Um, you know, like, the, I live kind of, I'm not, I'm not too far from there, about mm-hmm. another 40 minutes or so. But um, I do it like twice a year. But this is starting off a, a tour that I'm doing for the fall and the winter. I got the house tour. That's cool shit. Yeah. Well, listen. So that's, that, those are the first dates. To have you on, I'll tell you this. When you, I emailed you, like, whatever, a week, week ago. You wrote back, like, sorry, bro, I just saw your email. But it was like, yeah, it was two days late. I didn't even think that you were going to even write back. And I was a little eager with you. I'm like, don't write back. My girlfriend's like, she's like this little Filipino girl. She's like, write fucking back to him. He wrote to you. Write yeah, back. Yeah. I'm like, Julia, you don't know how to deal. I'll, I'll write back in a few hours. Then I'm like, oh, I might have been too late. That's how I was with you, writing back to you, trying to get you on. Well, because so. my agent, I think you sent it to my agent yeah, yeah. first. So he didn't, I don't know if he sent it to me right away. Mm-hmm. So then I had, and it was in my email for a couple of days. And then I'm like, all right, I'll yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll go on there. You know, it's in New York. So it's, you know. Yeah, and that, that's why his place is great. It gives me. And I figured I, I figured do it before I got a couple of shows in New York City. You know, like I got two tonight. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, five o'clock will work for me, you know. And well, listen, I can't thank you enough. And having you on. Dude, I, you really, and I'm not just blowing smoke. You're one of my favorite comics. You're fucking, you're just hilarious. The way you take the most normal shit and you get angry about it, dude, it's the real shit, though. Like, yeah. everything is like, this motherfucker's right. Yeah, it was just, I just recorded a podcast today about like bad t shirts. I always make fun of like the bad t shirts. And, my, you know, there's always a lot of shirts out there. I love my, this guy loves his yeah. wife. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, this guy listens to the, whatever his wife says. And then I'm like, okay. And I made up this whole scenario. I was just doing it today because I was just getting angry. And it, it never happened. Like, you know, the wife on a Sunday wants to fucking go pick apples with her and the kids and him. And he just got tickets to a giant game. It's a giant. I made up this whole scenario. Giants, Cowboys, <laughs> last game of the year. Whoever wins, wins the division and goes to the playoffs. The other team gets knocked out because they don't even get a wild card. And his buddy got him a giant ticket on Thursday. And he can go to the game. He's going to go tailgate. That's fucking... And his wife wants to fuck. I go, you still going to listen to those voices in your wife's head when she says we're going to go pick apples or you're going to go to the giant game? What are you going to do, motherfucker? 
I go, how are you going to get out of this one if you're going to walk around with a shirt like that? You know what I mean? And there's the whole thing. You know, you want to go pick apples? Like, ah, you know, I don't know. I mean, my friend, you know, so what do you want to watch football? I go, actually, my friend got me a ticket. Oh, oh, so you already, you know, and there was a whole big well, argument we'll, I just made up. We'll be fine with the kids. Go have fun. Go have fun with the game. Go drink again. I'll be with Apple Pick with the kids. No, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I said even the boys, like, no, we don't want to do that. And like, no, yeah, mom, we don't. No I'm one like, wants, that's one of the shitty things to do. No one wants Apple Pick. Yeah, exactly. It's like a seven and eight-year-old son kids. They, they want to go play with their friends. Yeah, they don't want to go Apple Pick and like all that stupid shit. But I love how you... Not, I'm not comparing you to Seinfeld because you're so different. But he takes stuff like, oh shit, he's right about that stuff. You take the stuff like more guy stuff. You're like, this, it's all right. Like, yeah, because I, you know, because I've been in clubs. I say because I've been in doing stand up for a long time. I'm in nightclubs, and I see when people are drinking. I see a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. I can read people. I can read relationships. I'm good at that. You know what I mean? So I always and I hear these conversations, what goes on, the fighting, and all that shit. So I've always been around it. So I love that. So I could just make up these scenarios. I know this scenario. I know what's going on here. You know, when, you know, that, that woman that goes, comes in with the husband and anything he says, yeah, Beckham, yeah, he was dancing, yeah, oh, yeah, and then she's like, ugh, yeah. just don't listen to him. Yeah. Don't listen to him. He's, you know what I mean? Like, he's the dumb guy. Yeah, I know, like, I know. that marriage is a fucking mess. You know, if they're miserable out in public, imagine, yeah. imagine that at home. He's I know. He's probably reading a news story. Honey, did you see we're going to... Oh, God, yeah, he's telling me again about the news. He has no idea what he's talking about, like talking down to him and stuff. Yeah, like he'll come in a party. Yeah, maybe Beckham will go on Dancing with the Stars. I saw that <laughs> clip, and she's like, uh, don't listen to him. Uh, you know, she's all disgusted. And I, I, I read that. I'm like, look, this, uh, this marriage is not working. And you're mentally storing it like there's yeah. a fucking bit. Yeah, yeah, so I just, you know, so I can I can riff on stuff like that. <laughs> you know, what, what guy would walk? My wife is awesome. My wife is the best no. one. Okay, we get it. You love your wife. Yeah, Good for you're you. You're happy. I know. Yeah, put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> I said, because the girl wants you to wear that because she wants to tell you, my man is taken. Don't fuck with him. And then also, he's bragging about how amazing I am. Because now she can post that everywhere. Look, look how much he loves me. Right. Or the guy is doing it because he's insecure that he might lose his wife. He went to one of those fucking happy hours with uh, guys from, you know, with her work. And he saw seven dudes hovering around his wife. And he knows if he's fucking not paying attention or one of those guys is fucking ready to pounce on her. If he slips, there's a guy right there. Yeah, he saw it. He there's saw a Wally the Pip and a Lou Gehrig right there. He saw it with the drinks. All of a sudden, she's laughing at that guy. She don't laugh at him anymore, but she's like, ah, that's funny. Oh, my God. Having a great time. You know? And that guy's standing there like, holy shit. The laughing thing is true. When I was, my girlfriend, I keep saying she's the coolest chick. She is. We've been together for a year. She's cool. We come here all the time. And if I'm, you know, riffing, being funny, and if another girl laughs, she gives her a look like, who the fuck are you let? He wasn't that funny. She gets mad if someone... Right, yeah, yeah. Because she's probably like that thirsty... And then, you know, she's still picking that thirsty bitch. Yeah, she wants a bang. I'm like, right. Ooh, yeah, she yeah. laughed because I... Yeah, but it's true, though. No, I know. The guy slips, you know, the good-looking worker who's in good shape. He undoes his tie a little bit. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. I, this is my competition. <clears throat> Let me... Hey, baby, you want some roses? Then you stop being romantic for a few days. You got to... No, I know. Cover up your insecurities. Believe me, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to deal with that nonsense. Well, listen, the great Jim Florentine. I can't Thanks, thank you man. Up, Absolutely. Fine, I had a blast, man. man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jim. Thanks. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.